Well, happy Mother's Day, everyone. So good to have all of you. Good to have the mothers. And hopefully they're good husbands and fathers and mothers want to be. And uh, we're so glad to have you. And, of course, we are still waiting on a few other mothers. Mothers can sometimes be um, what fashionably late. And so, anyway, that's a common trait of mothers. And so there's a lot of common traits. Most of them, good. But we're so glad to have all of you here this morning. We're going to... Um, we're going to turn uh, this part over to Sister Rebecca, who I heard up there tooting her horn about her being a mama and all the good things that mamas do for children that children don't even notice. And so, but uh, it was good. And so, uh, Sister Rebecca, we'll turn it over to you. Well, just to clarify, I wrote down a schedule of my daily tasks just as an example of what mothers do. And it was three pages long, basically, and I had to combine it just to show what mothers do because mothers work like 70 million jobs in one day. <laughs> but we talked about Naomi, who I think is a very, very godly and virtuous woman. In uh, Titus chapter 2, it tells what an older woman should do and how she teaches the younger women to love their husbands, love their children, take care of their homes, and Naomi must have been a virtuous and godly woman because Ruth chose to stay with her and not go back to the Moabites. And Ruth chose Naomi's God. And if you look at the lineage of Christ, it leads up to Ruth. All because Naomi was a godly woman. Yes. Wow. So we talk about the importance of a godly woman, a virtuous woman, and we talk about all the things that a mom does. And we are all thankful for our moms. And we have a silly song to sing. So everybody stand up. Even though it's like COVID season. Hold hands, please. Stand up. Alright. Hell yeah, is what I meant. Oh no, it's can. Now spread out. Now hold hands. Circle. Circle. Remember? When we all pull together, 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 when we all pull appreciate uh, again all of our mothers and um, you know we are living several years ago it, uh, when talk about Mother's Day I realized that not everybody had a good mother I realized oh I forgot I had to turn down because of how's this how's this how's this better you tell me when, all right. And so anyway, uh, I realized several years ago 
that not everybody had a good mother. There is scripture that talks about us living in perilous times and goes down through the list there. And it talks about people who, uh, without natural affections. And so we're living in that day. And so here this morning, I'm sure I'll be preaching to some that haven't had good mothers. But you know what? For you, you need to say, I'm not going to live under that. I'm going to move on. And so truly, only with Christ, you can move on. You can have a better life than what you've had in the past. And doesn't matter what happened with mom and dad growing up. Personally, I had a great mom and a great dad. Did they have faults? Yeah. Every parent has faults. And when some of you are older and have children, you'll realize uh, you got problems too. Huh? And so anyway, uh, so this morning I, I just wanted to make that announcement a little ahead of time. Uh, in our preaching because uh, I want to talk to us here this morning if the Lord help me. First, we're, uh, I want to say how much I appreciate everyone helping during the revival and uh, thank you. I thought it went off very smoothly uh, and so it, and I don't know about you but I thought it was really good. I commented to one person. I said, you didn't think he was coming to a watch night service, did you? Huh? And so anyway, uh, for those of you who didn't uh, work, make, didn't make it there, I turned the service over to him at 8 o'clock, and, but Brother um, Teague felt like going on and worshiping God. So we did for another hour. And then when we got finished, I said, uh, I said I'm a little, like, a little bit like Brother Ben Shaw. I said, I'd like to hear some preaching. I said, if you feel led to preach, let's preach. And he did. And so about 10 o'clock, we left out of the church. Amen. Amen. But it was a good service. Uh, really, it was a great service that we had. Uh, I'm going to ask my father-in-law, Brother Otis, if he would come and receive our morning tithing offering. Lord, we thank you for the good day. We thank you for the opportunity to honor the Lord. <coughs> Lord, we realize they have the power to make a home or either tear it apart. But good mothers, the value of a good mother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the good mothers. Thank you this day, Lord, for the privilege to show you our respect and giving and love, oh God. Help us this day to do your will. Bless the service. Bless the offer. Amen. Thank the Lord. And so, um, in just a little while, we'll have something special to honor our um, mothers with. But um, we uh, really, really do appreciate our mothers. And uh, I hope that you appreciate your mother. And when you get to my age and Brother Jackie's age and some others, and you've lost a good mother, and sometimes you don't realize how good a mother you had until you lost them. Hello? It was uh, my mother that really helped keep my family uh, together. And when she passed away, uh, it's difficult. Well, the truth of the matter is I haven't seen two of my brothers in two years. 
And so we talk on the phone from time to time, but uh, it's mothers that are the glue that hold the family together, good mothers. All right, I'm gonna ask my wife and, and the Barrettes to sing, I guess. <laughs> That's what Brother, brother uh, Teague says, Teresa and the Butlerettes or whatever. So anyway, but we do appreciate the Lord. And let's just get in and uh, see what God's got for us this morning. How about trying that one? Did it work?
And the doctors, they won't say it this way, but they understand it's God that will either give a child or he'll keep a child from being born to a person. I've seen uh, some folks, they go and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to have a child. And you know what? With the best medicine and the best technology we got, they still don't have any of their children. Hello? So it's God that controls this. And so it's important for you to recognize that. So I wanted to say that ahead of time, that if you didn't have a good mother here, you were no accident. God's got a purpose for your life. God's got a reason for you to be alive. And you may not think so, but you, you were created to bring God glory and to shine for Him. That is the purpose in life that so many people are missing. You were born to glorify God. And so with that as a backdrop, I'd like to take my text here this morning from 1 Chronicles chapter 2. 1 Chronicles chapter 2. And if you would stand with me. And um, I'd like to just read two verses. This is a strange text to start with. But uh, this is my text for this evening, this morning. First Chronicles chapter 2, starting in verse uh, 15. When you have it, say amen. amen. Ozim the sixth, David the seventh, whose sisters were uh, Zariah and Abigail, and the sons of Zariah, Abishai, and Joab, and Ashiel, three. Let's bow our our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for mothers. And I thank you, oh God, for the mothers that have been given to each one of us. And Lord, here this evening, this morning, I'd like to to try to preach if you'd help me, Lord, on this mother of warriors. And I pray, Lord, help us to catch a vision. Help our mothers to catch a vision of this mother of warriors. And help them to have a desire to raise up Christian warriors for you. Men that will hold on for you. Women who will go the extra mile in obeying you and loving you, Lord. That, Lord, in these last generations, that, Lord, your your light and your love can be shown to this dark and dying world. Come by and help us, Lord, we pray. In your blessed and holy and righteous name, we do pray. In your name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Um, we're living in a different day here, but um, how many of you have ever heard of the Spartan Warriors? Huh? The Spartan Warriors. Sparta was uh, part of the Greek uh, Empire. 
but it was especially known for its warriors. And the children, when they were raised uh, there, they were allowed to stay with their mothers until age seven. But even during those times, I remember reading, and I couldn't find it, but I, I remember reading about how the mothers, uh, they didn't have nice soft beds. Most of the time, they just had the flat floor or these, um, these stone beds that people would lay on. Can you imagine that? And they didn't hardly, uh, they never hardly heated the house. They never tried to do anything for cold and all. And what the, the mothers were doing were toughening up those children as they grew up. And at age, at age seven, they were taken from their mothers and they were put into schools. And these schools, of course, were, were designed to teach them to be Spartan warriors. Now these warriors, they were, uh, in some places that I read, they, they were counted as like 30 men to a standard warrior. Okay? In other words, that one warrior could, could do more than 30 warriors of other, other places. And so when they were turned over, though, into these schools, these schools taught them to read, to write, to sing, to dance. They were also continued to teach them morality, of course, how to fight, and how to be a good Spartan citizen. For almost three or four hundred years, these were considered the most elite, most powerful, most uh, awesome warriors there was known in the world. But it started off with the mothers. Yes. Mothers, you are very important. Yeah. I know the society tries to, uh, uh, the modern day word is dish, uh, just kind of throw you down and make you feel like, you know, oh, well, she, she ain't smart enough to get a job. She's not, uh, you know, doesn't have enough initiative to go out and get an outside job or do what. That's not true at all. A mother's job is the very most important job in a nation. With a bowed head, I say the reason our nation is in the fix it is, is because of the mothers that we have now. We have mothers now who will have a child and desert it. Have a child and leave it. Have a child, I know of cases and of cases where mothers tried to kill their children. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. It's ungodly and it's unnatural. Right. It's contrary to God's ways. Maybe you've been in that case as a child. Maybe your mother didn't want you. I want to tell you something. God has got a better plan. Yeah. He's got a better plan. Yeah. And though you may not have had a good mother in your life, if, if you're a, a woman, you can make a difference in your family. Right, yeah, that's right. And if you're a man, you can make a difference by marrying a good woman. Right. A good woman, uh, I, some of y'all, I didn't know y'all were going to be here, so I didn't know. But anyway, a good woman is not 
Y'all forgive me, this is a little crude. A, a good woman is not a woman that'll go to bed with you anytime you want. Huh? Before marriage. Okay? A good woman is one that will keep themselves until the right man comes along. Amen. And it's important. Now, I know this is contrary to what they teach you at school. I know they teach you uh, you go through sex education to know the proper ways. Of, but that's not God's way. And so if you want to break the cycle of what's happened to you as a child, then you need to instead don't do it their way because you're a product of their way. But instead, do it God's way. I'm going to tell you something. Doesn't matter where your history is from. Doesn't matter if your mom and dad were drug addicts. It doesn't matter all of that kind of stuff. What matters is what are you going to do? Personal decisions. And I'm going to tell you something. I see folks in here this morning that I think God's got a call. He's calling y'all. And the reason things are not, aren't going good in your life is because you're running like a scalded dog. Y'all even know where that came from? Huh? Used to be that dogs would all pack around the back of the house when mama would throw out the scraps and to get rid of them, she'd take some scalding, boiling water and throw it on them dogs to get rid of them. And they'd run like a scalded dog. I want to go back to our text here this morning. uh, To Zariah. She was the sister of David. You know who David is? Shake your head. Some of y'all, I don't know if y'all are still with me or not. Shake your head. Y'all still here? Okay. And so, she was his sister. And she had three sons. You may not recognize them. One was uh, uh, Joab, I'm sorry, Abishai, Joab, and Ashiel. These three men were not just your average boys. These were boys who had a call on their lives. Yeah. They had a desire to do what God wants them to do. Can I tell you something? When you get a heart for God, you become different. You're not just like the other ones that go, amen, that are working day by day. You're, as a man, you're going to get up and go to work every day for, for your family. You're going to bring the bacon home. You're not going to drink the bacon up before you get home. You're not going to go buy a big shotgun or something before you get home. You're not going to go off and waste it somewhere else. You're going to bring the bacon home to support that good wife who hopefully will be a good mother to your children. Huh? And so... I want to tell you something. Mothers are extremely important. As a matter of fact, 
I want to give you a fact. I don't know if you all know this or not. But if it had not been for a mother, you wouldn't be here. Amen. Did you know that? Huh? If it had not been for a mother, you would not have been here. That is a rule that applies to everybody. Huh? And so maybe our mothers haven't been that good, but I'm going to tell you something. You got breath and you got life. You got opportunity and you've got a, a chance to make a mark in this world. There was a young man who uh, had a good mother, a praying mother. The daddy wasn't so hot, but the mother was really good. And uh, she would pray and read the Bible with her child every day. And so whenever she got real sick, she called her youngin' around and said, Look, said, promise me that you'll keep reading your Bible. And so he did. And in time, he became a very great president in America. His name was Abraham Lincoln. And it was because he kept that promise to his mother. Woo! Hallelujah. When the St. Louis riots were going on, y'all remember? Huh? Y'all remember? They were burning the streets and burning the cars and breaking in the stores and all that. And there were several mothers got out there and said, boys, go home. And a bunch of them went home. Huh? A mother can have more influence on a child than anything else. Now, men, you can be as he-man as you want to. You can try to do... Huh? But I'm going to tell you something. If you've got any wisdom about you, don't break down your wife's influence on those children. When she says no, let it stand. And you say with her, that's right, young man. No! Huh? And if you have a disagreement, go back behind the door or go out somewhere and have a quiet discussion if you have a disagreement with it. Huh? I know because I didn't always do that with some of my children. And that made it worse. You want to have peace at home? Parents, you always have a united front. Children will manipulate you if they can. So anyway, mothers are very important to a helpless baby. They feed the child. They pamper the child. They bathe and change the diapers. It's okay for husbands to do that too. They bump them, rock them, swing them, and they talk funny to them. They make strange faces at them. Don't you do that. They discipline them. And then they do it all over again several times every day. Amen. Hello? I don't remember who it was that got talking earlier this morning. Uh, Maybe it was Rebecca. You know why men have jobs outside of the home? Because we can't keep up with our wives. (laughs) Hello? Your wife, if you did what she does, every, how many of you have ever had to keep a sick wife for a little while? 
Huh? Were you glad when she got better? Oh, I was so glad when she got better. Amen. She'd look at me. That was rough, wasn't it? No, honey, it was fine. But deep down inside, I was lying. I knew it. I said, I don't want to do this every day. Hello? It's tough. It's hard. And you may or may not agree with it, but mothers do a great job. And so, you know, they also, uh, the child, you have to remember, is like a sponge. Okay? They soak up every emotion, mama, that you have. And they soak up every attitude you have. And all the reactions that you have. And in times, words that you speak. Your likes and your dislikes. You know why them children won't eat some foods? Because you won't eat them. Hello? And so, they, uh, those children see and hear all that's going on around. They're just soaking that up. As children grow, they're either light. Hello? Children, when they grow, they are either liked or disliked by the way that mom teaches the child to react. Is this too hard? Huh? Mamas, you want your children to listen and respect and obey your husband? Yes. Be an example. When your husband tells you don't do something other, it's okay to disagree, but do it in private. But in front of the children, and I'll be honest with you, it'd be good for you to do it outside too. Say, Yes, sir. Well, you don't have to say yes, sir, but stand with them. You're teaching them how to react to authority. You know why? It's so sad. You know why so many people get shot by policemen? It's because of how they react to them. They do not react uh, and respect authority. Now, there are some bad cases out there, unfortunately, that doesn't matter if you respect them or not, they'll shoot. But by and large, how you treat others is how they'll treat you. Huh? You youngins, I hope y'all have learned that. Huh? Ian, you've learned it? You learning that? Okay. All right. You treat somebody bad, guess what? It's coming back to you. Mamas. Daddies. Amen. Training a child. The scripture clearly says train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know why some are drinking and are cussing and all that? Some of it is because that's the way mom and dad did. Hello? 
You weren't expecting all this, were you? But I'm going to tell you something. Just because mom and daddy did it doesn't mean you got to do it. And so, and, and I want to tell you something. What I, I, I'm saying right there, it's not always the rule. But in our society today, that's what we're getting. Okay? You know, the Bible also says to have friends, you must show yourself friendly. You want a good relationship with your parents? Hello? Treat them like your parents who brought you into this world. Okay? That doesn't mean you have to sit under the abuse. It doesn't mean that you, uh, if they're abusive and all but honor them for what they have done. They've given you life and breath and an opportunity. And I'm going to tell you something. If you were in the country of India, and you're not, you would be hopeless. But you are in America where there's opportunity. Amen. For God to help you and to help you to grow and to help you to change your family history. Amen. And so, here, these three men, two of these men were counted in King David's mighty men. And one of them was counted the chief of all of the army. And so, these men, they, uh, they were very important, but part of who they are is by what was instilled in them as children. Huh? Man. Do you always disrespect the government, disrespect the governor and whoever's in office at that particular time and the policemen? They're they're just a bunch of pigs and all. If mama and daddy disrespect them, what do you think the children are going to do? Well, that's just that old preacher down there. Just that old preacher. Can I tell you something? There is still a vast majority of people who recognize disrespectful folks. And so if you are continually being disrespected, take a look at what you're doing. If you're being disrespectful, being disrespected, more than likely that's the attitude and the way you present yourself to others. Okay? And so it's important, mamas. You know, the other thing too, if we're always, when a child cries, if we always pick it up, give it what it wants, huh? If we always do whatever it wants to do, you ever had, see, I'll be honest with you, there's been times I've been in supermarkets and stores, and it starts off, and the older I get, the worse it gets with me. Y'all probably been there. Huh? Shh, shh, shh. Huh? Maybe, maybe a little bit of that. Sometimes I just hear, all across the store. Sometimes I can hear the cart coming my way. You know what I do? 
I get my cart and go the other way because as you get older, your nerves are not very good and it's hard to take. And that mother, I never hear the mother uh, go on and say, don't you do that. I have uh, seen one one time uh, take the child and pick it up and give it a little pat on the back and it did help a little bit, you know. And I've seen other people thinking, oh, what are you doing, beating your child? Yeah, beat them. <laughs> the Bible said for us to beat our children. God designed a special play. I, 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 I don't get to meddle like this every Sunday. So y'all just let me have my full of it, okay? But anyway, God gave people a place to, uh, to apply the rod of correction. Yeah. It's not on the cheek. It's not on the back of the head. It's not up and down the legs. It's not on the back or right above you know, the waistline. It is on that backside. Yeah. And I'll give you a little hint, parents. Help us, Lord. Beat them young and beat them often. You know why? Because I can tell you, my middle boy, he was bad to breach. You know what breaching is? You know, you're trying to hold them and they just kick back. And I'm going to tell you what, they would kick back in such a way, you know, they're going to fall over and hit their head and all that, and not to mention scare me and make me upset because they're breaching. I can't. And so finally, as a, what was he, a six month older? Huh? As a six month older? He's breaching, breaching, breaching. I was telling him no, telling him no. And guess what? He don't understand what the word no means. But I said, no, pop. Come on. It was just a little pop. You would have thought I had beat him for an hour. Come on. He never breached again. The point of that is if you teach them early, it doesn't take a lot to discipline them and to have a life-changing effect on them. But if you wait, I can use Maddox. If you wait till you get Maddox age to teach them morality and teach them what's right and wrong and try to discipline them, all you do is make a very angry young man. You know what's going to teach that one? I'm using you as an example. The police, the judge, the jail. Hello? We got a young man that Brother Todd works with. He's been in jail since he was, what, 16 or 17? Yeah, and he's um, probably never been out of jail more than a year at a time. Hello? Yeah. Huh? You ever tell your children, sit right there and be quiet? Yeah. Huh? And you turn your back, and what are they doing? They're just kids. They're up again. But it's important. What do you do next? I told you, sit in that chair. Huh? 
I went to talk to somebody about discipline of their children. You know, you wouldn't believe I would do something like that, would you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. So I went and talked to them about discipline and their children. And, uh, and they said, well, I try and try. And so the little youngin was running around like that. And they told him, said, now, go play in the room, you know. Uh-uh, uh-uh, you know. Go play in the room like that. And so I'm talking about being consistent and, and make them understand that when you say something, you mean it. And, uh, and so uh, after about the fourth time, they gave in and let him sit on the couch. And I looked at the person and I said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That youngin rules the house. You don't. Hello? Let me tell you something. When youngins rule the roost, it's rough. It's rough. Aren't you glad y'all ain't youngins no more? Hmm? I'm glad I'm not a youngin no more. Am I doing all right? I better get on with my message here. I, I got two more pages. Anyway, if you selfishness, you're teaching a child to be selfish when you just let them get away with everything you want to do. And in time, they grow up to the place where they think everybody needs to do what I want. And that the world revolves around me. It's me. It's me. It's how I feel. It's what I want. It's where I want to go. It's what I want to do. It's who I want to be with. It's who I want to marry. I'm tired of them. Why aren't we having a lot of divorces in, from rich people right now? Right. That's sickening. Yeah. Yeah. It's because they're selfish. Yeah. It's all about them. Selfishness is one of the greatest sins against God and society. It causes the population to think uh, only think of their own personal good no matter how bad it hurts others. And we now live in a society full of sociopaths, narcissists, and, a, and, um, and a psychopaths. Hello? Are y'all out there? Mom and Dad, are you raising a narcissist? A sociopath or a psychopath? Hello? I'm sorry. Y'all just... Y'all need to call the rest of the family and tell them you're going to be a little late. <laughs> a sociopath is a person with a personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and a lack of consciousness. I remember a story that I read about four or five years ago. This one particular woman had a child. Her, uh, it caused the divorce in the family. Father couldn't take it. So the mother was trying to uh, keep the child. And she did a good job, you know. And, but she kept reaching out. I need help with my child. I need help with my child. I need help with my child. And they just basically ignored it. Well, they had a lot of guns in the house. And so in time, the son finally done what he had been threatening. He grabbed a gun, shot his mom. 
then went to the school that he went to and shot up some others there. Hello? What are you raising, Mama and Dad? Hey, Amen. Don't think about just the getting them to be quiet and to get off your nerves and all that kind of stuff. Think about what's going to go on down the road. You're either molding a great man, a man of character who can turn those feelings into something useful or a man that can turn those feelings into something violent and destructive. Amen. Amen. This woman that we were talking about this morning, uh, um, uh, Zerah, I can't pronounce it very good, Zariah, she was a mama of warriors. Yes. Warriors. Men that could change a nation. Yes. A narcissist. Y'all know what a narcissist is? Their symptoms include excessive need for admiration, a disregard for others' feelings, an inability to handle any criticism, and a sense of entitlement. Society today tells you don't discipline your children. Don't break their will. If you don't break that will, God's not going to be able to use them. God's not going to be able to get a hold of them. They're going to be narcissists and they're going to be like this, uh, like this description right there. And they have a sense of entitlement. And a sociopath is characterized by the diagnostic features of a superficial charm. High intelligence, poor judgment, failure to learn from experience, pathological egocentricity, incapacity for love, love, uh, lack of remorse or shame, impulsiveness, uh, grandiose self sense of self worth, pathological lying, manipulative behavior. I don't know about you. I don't want my youngs like that. Mamas, we need you. Future mamas, we need you. We need you to help change our country. Put a value on God. Put a value on prayer. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, uh, I know for a fact I know, I know, I know. It doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle you lived in, where you have come from. God's got a purpose for your life and He wants you. But you've got to be willing to come and say, Lord, make me the man. Make me the woman you want me to be. Change me from the inside out. Make me more like you, Jesus. I want to tell you something. He will do it. Ah, he'll give you a peace at night. I remember hearing uh, different saints talk about getting saved and sanctified and going home. And they'd say, I slept so good at nighttime. And the sheets felt so good. They weren't clean, amen, but they felt crisp and clean. Why? Because Jesus will change you. He will make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. I know he will do it. He did it for me. He did it for my wife. He did it for several others in here. You know, 
I don't want to embarrass people. Rebecca and Ricky. They look like nice, normal type people. If you only knew. Huh? You got Todd and Bridget over here. They look like nice, normal people. He even wears white shirts now. Huh? Huh? Looks like nice, normal people. God changed them. God changed them. Rebecca was a money maker. She made a lot of money. What, 70? 60 or 70? 50? About 50,000. Yeah, 50,000 a year. That's pretty good money, isn't it? Huh? As a bar. What do they call that? Bartender. Yeah. Huh? She gave it up. Amen. Sir God. Amen. Hello. Woo! I'm telling you, the Lord will change you. But oh, first and foremost, you got to get sick enough of the life you're living and get tired of eating slop. Amen. And quit and get tired of people. And before you can realize, I need a Savior. When you realize, I'm broken. I'm messed up. I don't think right. I don't act right. I don't respond right. I'll be honest with you. And, uh, being just as nice as I could, but Todd would have fit in one of those three before he got saved. Amen. Amen. He would have been one of them three. You know what? One of, you know what? Really, those descriptions are those descriptions that I gave you: a psychopath, a narcissist, a psycho. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, sociopath. Those three descriptions describe perfectly a man or a woman who is lost and away from God. Amen. Hello. When we come to Jesus and we say, Lord, I love that song we sing. I'm glad we've been singing it more recently. Teach me how to walk. Teach me how to talk. Teach me where to go to. Teach me the places not to go to. Teach me how to love. Teach me how, amen, to be good to those people who hate me. You see, God, God's ways are so different than this world's ways. This world's ways is get your enemy before they get you. Do harm to them. You know? Lob grenades at them as best you can, huh? Do you know what God's way is to do? Love your enemy. To love them. The best way to destroy it Anyone got enemies in here? Huh? Anyone got enemies in here? The best way to get rid of those enemies is to bring them up close to you and do them good. Did you hear what Brother Robert said? And make them your friend. That's why God does. And did you know that I'm trying to close. Teresa, come come up here or I might really go on. 
But did you know that if you're not saved, and if you're not serving God, you are an enemy of God? He loves you, but He hates how you're living. God wants to change you. I got tired enough. Now, I know it don't sound nearly as bad as what goes on today, but I got tired enough of the juke joints and the drinking and the carousing around. Huh? I'd go to big old parties, be invited to parties, you know? Big old parties. Uh, some of these private beach parties, they'd have 50 or 100 folks there. Huh? All of my friends and I'm in the middle of them and I'm so lonely. Because I know if I don't help bring the beer and if I don't pay for their stuff, if I don't treat them really good, they wouldn't have nothing to do with me. That's right. Been there. Done that. I'm going to tell you, when you come to Jesus, He'll be your best friend. He said and promised, He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never leave you on the side of the road and say, well, you just have to do the best to get yourself home. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'll love you. I'll keep you. Amen. Don't you want to be a friend of Jesus? If I have any enemies, it's not from me to them. It's they just don't like me. I try. I try for them to like me. I want them to like me. Let me tell you, the best thing you can do for yourself, for our country, for our future, is for you to give yourself wholeheartedly, all of yourself, to Jesus. During the, the pandemic and staying at home, people have drifted away from God. Now's the time for you. You need to come home. You need to do right. Amen. Let's stand all across the house. Maybe you're here this morning and you're tired. You're tired of all the junk going on. Why don't you come to Jesus? Why don't you lay your heart down? He loves you so much. He cares for you like no one else does. We, uh, I'm going to invite everyone that will to come be with us in the altar. Altar is just a, a word that we use to come and kneel. You know why we we want you it's good for you to kneel? You're showing submission unto God. You're showing I give up. In the medieval age, 
to bear your neck to your enemy, to bear your neck to one that had a sword. Oh, that was a form of submission. Will you bow your neck to Jesus? Can I tell you a little something? While he was on that cross, he saw you. And he saw you right where you're living at right now. And he said, I'll still die for you. I want you to be saved. I want you to make it to heaven. I'll give my life for you. Who'll come and ask the Lord to take your life and to change you? Men and boys, over on my right hand side, your left hand side, and ladies, if you would, this area right here, this is y'all's place to pray. Will you come? And as they sing, who come and give their lives to Jesus?
preach. But I want to tell you something. Jesus is real. He will talk to you. He will do miracles for you. When you're in need, He will help you. You might think, well, that's just coincidence. Too many coincidences. It's not possible to have that many coincidences. But God will help you. Thank you all for coming this morning. I know some of you, it was difficult. And, uh, and God's for you. God wants the best for you. He does. And I'm, I'm glad, glad seeing Xavier and all the friends. We're so glad y'all are back. And I appreciate it. I'm bad on names. Who's the young man behind Ricky there? Robert. Robert. I'll be able to remember that the same as this one back here and that one there. You're number three, I'm sorry. If you'd come early, you might have been number two. But, but uh, we're glad to have him and, of course, Dwight and their family. We're glad to have all and the regular folks. So good having Sister Peggy back the first time she's been back since the hospital. And Heather. Please remember them right now. And uh, I know that there are some that your children are off and away and all that. Please remember these mothers. Uh, distance is uh, hard. Yeah. And so please remember them. Oh, Jeff, Rebecca, the class, all the kids in the class, come on up. Rebecca's got something to give out. What was that? Oh, do you want to say something, Mrs. Peggy? Yes, we will. Tell you what, let's have that before we do this other. Please don't leave. We got something special for us, some of y'all.
Wow. I, I love her and I thank her so much for helping me. Yes. I thank her for letting us go to church and stuff. Amen. It's all about the Lord. 
And if you just keep your focus on him, you got to make it. And I appreciate that about my mom. Amen. What 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 are these crystals you're passing around? These are either a foot spoke or a bath saw, and then they have a purple one that's like a hand scrub. Okay. All natural. We make them. Bath soaps. It's really good to soak your feet in. It makes your feet really soft, and it helps with pain. I thank the Lord for my mom. I remember. I mean, we went to another church before we came here, and I remember when I think it's when she got saved. She soaked the whole pew. That's a big old, remember that? A big old thing. And she prayed, and I'm telling the Lord has made a great change in my moment. I'm, I'm glad she's here. And uh, But even when she wasn't saved, I remember she would instill things in us. Holiness teachings. She wouldn't even say. And it was just like what you said earlier, that the, 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 they, they may leave the teachings, but the teachings will never leave them if they're instilled. You know? And she would teach us, it doesn't matter what people do to you, but it matters how you respond to it. Right. You know, and I, I, I thank the Lord for my mom. I thank the Lord for what he's done. Amen. Stick, you know. She's always been loyal to my daddy, and she's yes. always loving, and she's 
an excellent grandma and like me and Todd, you know, we lived in Missouri and Texas and she would surprise us and show up there and go above and beyond and always out of her way for us. And there's different things in, like in that that I hope that I can teach my children later on in life and I love her very much. Amen. church moms. I kind of have a little analogy for both of them. They have been my mentors because when I moved here, I had no family. I had no moms. And I always pray for a godly mom. I'm not going to cry. But when I came here, they became my mom. And I see Sister Sheila as the soft side of the sponge. She's funny. She's sweet. And she says things to me in kind ways. And she knows how to talk to me. And then Sister Teresa is the one who disciplines me. Because I won't listen to anyone but Sister Teresa. And I have submitted myself to her. And she is the abrasive side of the sponge. <laughs> she gets me. But she does it with loving kindness. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be where I am. And I do love her very, very much. the rough side of the sponge that gives you a good complexion. Yeah. All right. Well, do appreciate all of you here. And I know I, I really feel for folks who uh, had difficult raisins. I really do. And uh, But you know God can help. And he's the only one that will really feel Fill that void for you. So make a decision for Jesus. Live for Him. Amen. Amen. All right. Brother Jeff, you don't always have to have your original mother. No, you don't. Look, look, if you look around at the women, and I'm not singling any one individual out here, there are godly women that live a lifestyle that very few choose. Right. And it gives hope to people. Amen. You are an inspiration. Mothers, women in general, you're an inspiration oh, yes. for the people of this church. Yes. You may not think that you get seen, but every footstep that you take is watched. Oh, okay. yeah. There's a higher standard of living for you. Right, right. You, they call the uh, NCO Corps in the Army the backbone of the Army. I think you are the backbone of our families. Yes, I do. Because you pick up the pieces. You're, you're, you're the one that has the heavy burden load. You know, myself and Bridget, we don't really, I hardly communicate with my mother, and that's a whole other issue. And, you know, she lost hers a couple years ago, but this, this church took us in. You, the, the, the older women in this church are our mothers. Yeah. So, again, you, you don't have to physically be born to somebody to be family. Oh, yeah. Amen. Well, that's because we're part of the family of God. Exactly. Yeah. Because we all have something in common. And that's that we love the Lord. It's a big family, too. Amen. It's a big family. All right. Um, uh, if you look, are y'all going to have classes tonight or whatever you want to do? Yeah, we'll have prayer all right.
So we're, we'll uh, still be having prayer meeting at 5 o'clock, uh, evening service tonight at 6. So uh, you've got time to go home, have a good time, eat a lot of food, and get a, a nap. And then come back. What's that? You want to say something about your mom? Yeah. Yeah. I know you did. Thank the Lord.